now, it's time for... No, I don't live in my parents' basement. A show that covers comics, movies, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Here's your host, BJ Kennard. And welcome to another episode of No, I Don't Live in My Parents' Basement. Rolling solo today, we're going to be very news-heavy for the stuff that's happened since the last episode. And there has been a good bit of stuff uh, that has happened. Uh, Next week, we'll get Adam's take on this as well. One thing I liked, because I don't know if I would have answered this way or not. I don't know if you saw, there was a little bit of a Twitter beef, uh, literally and figuratively, uh, between Wendy's and Jim Lee and DC Comics, because someone asked Wendy's, hey, are you Marvel or DC? And Wendy's had the gall to actually answer the question legitimately, which, you know, part of me respects the fact that they did that and just straight up went Marvel. Just like that, that was the end of it. So then for the next big meeting at DC with publishers, uh, Jim Lee had McDonald's and Burger King brought in and then tweeted that back at Wendy's. And they had a little fun beef going uh, for a little bit. They did respect the fact that Jim Lee is a legendary uh, artist in the industry and doing very fine with DC. But if you're Wendy's, should you really have made that call? Shouldn't you have found some sort of nice way to bring DC and Marvel into this fold and then kind of get both of them talking about your stuff as opposed to just straight up calling out DC and saying, oh, no, I'm a Marvel guy because I used to be a Marvel guy uh, back in the 80s and 90s and then found DC, honestly, with the, inside of the last 10 years. It's not like I didn't know that you know, Superman existed and all that stuff. I had some of those books, but I didn't collect on a regular basis the way I do today. And there's a lot of people who like both of those things. So Wendy's probably could have been a little bit more politically correct on this one, uh, but it was fun to see them having some fun. And honestly, uh, fun to see that Wendy's even has an opinion and knew to say Marvel or DC on that. Uh, Here is big news. If you are a collector of sorts, if you like to do the figurine side of the world, uh, McFarlane Toys made an announcement because Todd McFarlane is a dude who has wanted to make uh, toys or figures, whatever you want to call them, for the big three. And by that, I'll just, well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you a statement here. He said, every toy fair I walk around in, I think to myself, am I the only human being that makes toys who hasn't had a crack at Star Wars, uh, Marvel, or the DC stuff? He, he said this to Sci-Fi Wire. He goes, you walk around and you see there's almost everyone else in the building has figured out how to carve those licenses up. So now you're even seeing Star Wars hamster sweaters, he says, which is apparently a thing. So finally, Todd McFarlane gets a crack at DC. Just signed a brand new three-year deal. He's going to be doing multiverse characters. Uh, it's going to be characters for uh, comics, animation, movies, and video games. And it'll be uh, six-inch to 12-inch figures uh, based on those characters. We're not going to see anything this year with those characters. Uh, they'll be coming out next year. But Todd is super excited by this. And if you're wondering, who are they going to pick? I mean, DC's got such a giant stable. He said, here's what we're going to do. Quote, we're going to go about it the same way. Uh, anyone would really. If I handed you the license, who would you choose? Hopefully there would be an 80% overlap in the characters I would choose and you would choose. And then we'd pick those five to 10 characters to do for sure. We'll mix in some new characters and that, that have growth that have grown in stature. Uh, says, Say, for instance, Aquaman with his hit movie, and then take a look at what's happening in pop culture and publishing uh, end of the things as well. So that's how they're going to do it. If you got the keys to the kingdom on this one, you absolutely... You're doing a Superman, but then you got to figure out which one are you doing? Are you going to take the Injustice Superman? You're going to take uh, what's happening right now with Super, what, whichever one you want. You're definitely doing that. You're definitely doing Batman. You're doing a Flash. You're doing a Wonder Woman. And then I don't know if you 
like instantly make a green lantern. Uh, you are probably doing some of these, uh, like the the metal stuff that's happened over the last little bit. Because that's one nice thing about these figures. You want something that's trendy. You want something that's cool. And the metal stuff looks awesome. I'd love to see what McFarland does with that. And then we'll see what else he picks. If you're a fan of figures, that's what you're going to be able to pick up here uh, in just over a year and some change. So kudos to Todd for finally landing one of those. Now, does this make Marvel say, well, you know what? DC finally jumped in. Let's grab him as well. And since he's gone out and said it as well, maybe Star Wars will do it. J.J. Uh, Abrams has got a piece of that. So maybe J.J.'s a fan of Todd in some capacity. And then maybe we'll see some of our favorite Marvel characters take shape. Uh, maybe we'll see some Fantastic Four. Marvel, I imagine, at some point will jump on the bandwagon. Uh, Marvel did announce something uh, super interesting this week that I don't know. I mean, people are going to buy this. If you haven't noticed, if you walked into a comic book shop, Conan is everywhere. Or Conan. Whatever. Sorry, Conan O'Brien makes me say Conan when I think of Conan the Destroyer or Barbarian. Uh, those comics are everywhere now. And they're very, very popular. Now they're taking it to the next level. Uh, Conan is now going to be a part of an Avengers team. I'm going to let that sink in for just a second. Conan the Barbarian is going to be a part of an Avengers team. Now, you might be saying to yourself, did I miss something? As far as I know, Conan the Barbarian does not live during our time or even, like, honestly, I don't even know what era it is. I don't collect the Conan the Barbarian uh, you know, comics or whatnot. So here's what's going to happen. There is going to be an unsanctioned team of heroes, and it's going to be called the Savage Avengers. The Avengers in our time are do what they do. They trace down things that might hurt the world. Conan does the same thing in his time and in his land. He's you know trying to strike down evil. What's going to happen is those paths are going to cross. Uh, so the writer of this is going to be Jerry Duggan, and then Mike uh, Diodato is going to be the artist. So here is what Jerry said. He told us to Entertainment Weekly, there's an unsanctioned team of heroes. It has to be something that visually makes sense to you, and I think it does. So the artist is illustrating the book in both worlds. We envision a threat, a magical green zone, where the evil wizards of Conan's world are trading spells with the hand in Japan. Conan is a very Conan-like mission. Uh, he's heard a tale of an amulet, so he's chasing it. And the evil magic sorcerers are doing something that uh, would be a Marvel Avengers problem. It feels like we have found some very fertile ground that is a Venn diagram between those two worlds. That's how those two worlds are going to meet. So who would you put on the Savage Avengers team? Think about it for half a second. What would make sense if you got Conan? You need someone who kind of has maybe that some, same sort of visceral appeal. Wolverine would be the very first thing to jump to mind. Happy to see that, yes, in fact, Wolverine is going to be on this team. And so that's fine. So here's who you get. You're going to get Conan. You're going to get Brother Voodoo, which, I mean, you got to have some magical part of that. That's fine. Throw him on. You're going to have Electra on here. So I could give or take that. And here's where I think it does get interesting. The other two members of the Savage Avengers are going to be Frank Castle, the Punisher. So that's cool because Frank's pretty brutal with this stuff, as is uh, Conan. And then you're going to have Venom. And for the record, Conan has never appeared in the Marvel Universe at all. But that is going to be coming up. Uh, if you haven't seen, it just came out this week, the new Avengers No Road Home. It's a weekly series. Conan is going to show up in that. So make sure you're paying attention to that series so you can get his first foray into the Marvel Universe. And then now, well, I guess once that happens, he gets to do this Savage Avengers thing. And maybe they do two books. Maybe they'll have an ongoing Conan series in his home. And then maybe they do kind of like Hercules uh, and let him kind of hang out in our world and do something with that. But uh, Conan is 
Marvel's super high on this right now and super hot. Yeah, the books are doing very well right now. So be very high on Conan stock because more than likely they'll do another movie with this as well. I wouldn't be surprised maybe in the next year or so we're announcing some Conan movie news. Uh, there was a lot of movie talk this week. And that's what we're about to get into right now. Aquaman Slade, highest grossing DC movie ever for their films. It is spectacular uh, from a visual perspective. Sure, there's some plot stuff that could have been better. The acting in the first 10 minutes is truly terrible. But once that gets gone, uh, then it's a fine movie. Uh, they've announced that we know we're getting a sequel to Aquaman. They announced kind of not a sequel, but a spinoff from it. Uh, at this point, this isn't much of a spoiler, but there are creatures from the trench in the ocean. There are uh, you know, vile-looking creatures that are scary, and they have to kind of do a little bit of battle with those guys. The Trench is going to get its own spinoff as a horror movie. I mean, I guess you're doing it so you can play off the fact that Aquaman was successful and you can somehow tie it into that world. They've said Aquaman's not going to be in this movie. It's just going to be a scary movie spinoff, which means you could have made anything you wanted from a, I guess, creature under the sea scary movie thing. But I guess you're trying to make it as palatable as you can and get as many eyes on the screen as you can by tying it into Aquaman. But we don't know much. We just know it's going to be a horror movie taking place with these scary dudes from the trench. The end. Uh, we did get some Marvel news this week that Avengers is going to have over a three hour plus runtime. Now, I mentioned that to my wife and she said, is it going to have an intermission? And I'm glad that she asked because people have been asking that as well. They are considering an intermission for Avengers Endgame, which I think is great because here's the deal. There's, I mean, my son is 11. I mean, he's got a kid bladder. He could probably make it if, we, if he really, really tried, but there's no way. I, I'm, I would make my son wet himself in the theater if he was like, Dad, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, well, you got to get up and go. Now, there might be a child abduction that happens in there, and I know that's super poor parenting, but I'd be like, you just got to go on your own or just do it right here, or I would make my wife go take him. But in this case... My wife probably wouldn't want to take him to the bathroom because it's going to be such an awesome movie. I do hope they put an intermission in for that because it's going to, who knows, three hours plus, that is a long time. Quentin Tarantino did an intermission uh, for his last movie. So it is cool, especially if they ended in such an awesome spot that makes you like, what? Just like how they ended the last movie. And then you go to the bathroom, you restock up on supplies, and then you come back, you get in your seat, you get comfy, and then it starts right back up again. I'm down with this. And I wouldn't be opposed if they threw this into uh, other movies as well. They also gave us this week the runtime for Captain Marvel because we're now under a month away from this hitting the screen. Uh, it's going to be two hours and 12 minutes. That's solid. At least they didn't do you know hour 30, hour and 45. They've got a lot of belief in this movie. I think it looks pretty good. It's getting, uh, so far, good reviews from those that have seen some early screeners of it. And if you are a Marvel fan, they're like, well, you're not going to be disappointed by this. Because it is hard for Marvel to make a bad movie. And they're not going to, uh, I think, swing and miss on this one. And then I might have to change my mind on Shazam. I happen to see a sort of behind-the-scenes uh, video on the Internet this week that had the, the stars of Shazam talking about the movie. And the clips that they were showing actually looked pretty gosh darn good like it it, it really seemed to make sense because i don't know if the trailer just doesn't you know suit me because i'm not a 10 year old kid who they may be targeting this movie to but the way they were describing the movie and then they'd cut to a scene to kind of talk about to kind of show what they were just talking about really made sense in whatever capacity and then i did see that it's not just 
uh, one villain in this. They're, the seven deadly sins are somehow going to play into this as well. So there might be a lot of moving parts to this movie. So I'm going from like, man, this movie's probably not going to be very good for Shazam 2. All right. And that's all you're going to get. Not that, all right, might be pretty good. Just to, uh, all right. Almost like a De Niro answer for that one. And we have even more movie news. Rob Liefeld is touching everything and turning it to gold lately. You know Deadpool's been banging for the last two films, and he's been happy with that because he created Deadpool. And then he announced just, I guess, uh, two, three weeks ago that they're doing that Major X thing. That If you missed that, that's in episode one of No, I Don't Live in My Parents' Basement. And he's got a character he designed back in the 90s, and they're going to be putting it out, coming out in April. And we don't know who it is. It's going to be a mystery. It's going to have characters from the 90s back in, and, and some of even like literal panels that were drawn in X-Force and X-Men will be redone in this new comic, but just you know kind of changed a little bit because there's a couple of extra characters. So it's going to really harken back uh, to the 90s, which will be fun. So that's very popular for Rob right now, and he's doing well. And then a movie that Sony uh, optioned years and years and years ago uh, called Shrink is now being fast-tracked. Shrink is a comic that he did that I'm assuming is like a tree that falls in the woods and no one's there. Did it make a sound? Uh, I don't, I've don't. i never even heard of this comic. It's about a psychiatrist by the name of Dr. Jessica Powers. Of course, so on the nose when you name these characters. As far as I've read, she didn't have any powers, but she is a psychiatrist who helps superheroes process their lives. And really DC right now with the uh, Heroes in Crisis is kind of tackling that. Uh, which I'm finally caught up on. I had uh, five issues. I had not read any of it. It's pretty solid, though it's a little arduous. We might get back to that here in a second. Uh, But I guess uh, a little while ago, they had Jennifer Lopez attached to this movie back in the early uh, 2000s to be Jessica Powers. Now that superheroes are so hot, I feel like you could probably keep her attached to that or get somebody her caliber to play this character. Now, Sony Pictures is doing this. Here's why, this is how I think this movie is a success. Because it lends itself to be a great show, like on Netflix or Hulu, where you've got a psychiatrist, and then coming in is a superhero everyone knows and loves or whatever, and then you could just kind of go through all all that. It could be very fun. Uh, I could have some action tied into it as well. With Sony in the mix here, you could actually use real heroes that we know. Because if you pull in a duster guy, whoever it happens to be, someone that we do not know, and do not care about. And then now he's going to tell his problems to Dr. Jessica Powers. Do we care about that? But what if Peter Parker rolled in? What if Eddie Brock rolled in? What if the Vulture rolled in? Or Dr. Octopus rolled in? Or the Lizard? Or any of these that Sony has the rights to because they've got all the Spider-Man stuff. Now do you care a little bit more? I would watch that. That's cool. You can see a couple of fight scenes that they're talking about as they're in the, on the couch with the psychiatrist. And there's characters that you care about. If they don't do that, and it's just random heroes, I don't necessarily care or think that people will care about that. Even if you throw in like a Jennifer Lopez or some pretty notables in there, unless, and here's the, here's the one thing that could be cool about it, if you have to have some solid A-listers that would play whoever these generic heroes are. Get Matt Damon. He's already done that once or twice before. Have him show up as some sort of bizarre character. Let him have that appearance. Heck, let Ben Affleck. Uh, play someone maybe very similar to a Batman. Uh, Maybe he plays Cowman. Who who knows? But stuff that could make it funny and make it interesting. Uh, Otherwise, if it's characters we don't know, 
we might not do that. Now, I mentioned Heroes in Crisis. This was one that I, it's a little miniseries that they're doing for DC right now. The premise is Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman, the Trinity, have set up a house in middle America where heroes can go and a Kryptonian technology-based AI will help you sort out your problems like a therapist. But it doesn't have any feelings. It doesn't have, it's not going to look to do any revenge. It's not real. It's, you know, it's like a robot or whatever. So it's not going to take anything you say and hold it against you. Batman has set this place up to where you can go there and you can tell your woes to this and feel better. And it does like this sort of virtual reality simulator uh, to where you get, get to kind of work out things that just happened to you and kind of process it, uh, but not be able to be harmed because it's all fake. And then hopefully through some, some sessions, you end up uh, feeling better and being able to go out there and continue to save the world. And that's what this place sanctuary is. Batman makes sure that every video gets deleted. There actually, there is never any recordings of it or any of this stuff. It's completely anonymous. Well, the start of this is everyone there is dead except for Booster Gold and Harley Quinn. And, that, and there's a bunch of heroes that have been killed, including Wally West. And they have to figure out what happened. Booster thinks that Harley killed these people because he saw it. Harley thinks that Booster killed these people because she saw it. So clearly there's something up there. And now they're on the run. They're going to try to figure it out. But this thing is taking a little too long at this point. They've announced to the world that this place now exists and you should feel good about it, that these heroes are trying to get help so they can help you. Uh, but they could have done this in six issues. Instead, it's going to be like nine. Knowing them, they might stretch it out. It is worth the read, but no, it's a little slow at times. Because, you know, like when you get to a movie and you're like, I feel like they could wrap this thing up now, but then it goes on for another 45 minutes. Uh, hopefully not unlike this uh, podcast today. Uh, this is how I kind of feel with this comic. It's a cool story, but I feel like they probably could have put a bow on it in the next issue, and that would be just fine. Uh, so if you haven't taken a chance on Heroes in Crisis, give that a shot. And I also wanted to mention, too, I, had a, uh, I got to pick up uh, Daredevil 21, I think is the issue, which is uh, debatable as to if it is Superior Spider-Man's first appearance or just a cameo, uh, which reminded me, if you're not reading Superior Spider-Man, you need to do so. Pick up the last issue, too, if you didn't get a chance to buy that. Something very cool happens to him in that issue. And moving forward, I really hope they let whatever happened to him stay. I don't want to spoil anything, uh, but I think it could really have a cool dynamic to the comic if they let what happened to a Dr. Octopus, who is the superior Spider-Man, keep what he got and move on from there, at least for a handful of issues or something. Pick that book up if you're not reading it. Uh, that is one of my big suggestions of the week. They're really doing a great job with that book. And uh, we had mentioned, too, uh, a few moments ago that Conan is in that uh, No Road Home for the Avengers that's out right now, too. That is super cool. First issue happened this week. Definitely pick that bad boy up as well. Oh, you know what we need to do before we wrap this thing up? We need to do this. The Power Five. Since I'm flying solo today, the Power 5 is just going to be something that's near and dear to my heart. I'm an art guy. I really am. When it comes to comics, I do like the stories. I'm not ever super compelled to buy something because of the writer who is on it, but I'm 100% compelled when I see something awesome on a cover and I see the, an artist that really speaks to me. So we're going to do my top five favorite artists uh, that are out. And, and some of these guys I wish would do more books, but they're just not. So they're doing covers every once in a while and not drawing the full thing. So my power five for my artist 
are. I'm going to kind of go in reverse order. Uh, Joe Maduria, Maduria, whatever, Joe Mad is my absolute number one. I wish to goodness, I know he's, he's doing games now and it's going pretty okay, but I wish he would just, every once in a while, give us a book. Like, set a goal of a, one book every two months. I'm sure he could probably swing that. Or at least give us one cover a month. I know he could do that, but I wish that would happen. Uh, my number two does do comics, and I'm very excited that uh, he's going to be doing the new Craven uh, run for Amazing Spider-Man, and that is Humberto Ramos. I'm also loving uh, Jorge Jimenez le- lately as well. His stuff is, I don't know, like dynamic and the way it looks kind of a mix between like a Humberto Ramos and then maybe someone who I'm about to say here next, uh, Jim Lee. Kind of a good mix between the two of those. And he's currently doing bucks and I'm all about that. Jim Lee, number four on my list. If he was more active, I feel like I might make him number two. But I don't even know. I know he's about to do the Detective 1000 cover and looks pretty good. That just got put out this week as well because he really swung and miss on the superman uh, or action 1000 that cover looked like they're like jim did you remember to draw the cover he's like yeah i remembered and then he's going through a drawer and pulling out some old superman sketch that he forgot he did and just turns that in instead of something he spent weeks on making sure that it was awesome heck a variant cover he did was better than the regular cover but the detective 1000 looks pretty awesome i hope we see some more pencils for him in there and then maybe a book or two this year would be nice jim lee and i think for number five on this one i'm gonna have to give it to my man j scott campbell who i also wish would do more books but he's found a nice little niche for himself just doing the variant covers if you haven't checked out fourcolorbeasts.com that's where you can go you can get uh variants for joe mad and various artists but uh, j scott's the primary one who does all kinds. I mean, there's all sort of back issue stuff that you can get. You can get them autographed and they come in really great shape. The comics that I get from that website typically get graded at a 9896 worse. So they do a really great job of, of getting some quality stuff that they send out uh, with some signatures on there. So that's going to be my power five this week of, of my current five favorite artists. Give me like two or three more weeks. I'm sure that thing might change. So there you go. You get a short, abbreviated, uh, no, I don't live in my parents' basement this week. Uh, We'll jump into some more stuff next week when Adam is back. Uh, Subscribe to us uh, and make sure you find out when all the new episodes come out. Uh, Rate us. Make sure you can do that as well. And if you got a comic book friend or someone just likes pop culture and movies, uh, tell them as well because guess what? You also probably do not live in your parents' basement just like us.